Thank you for downloading the podcast edition of the January the 13th of 2008 service from the Community Baptist Church in Henderson, Kentucky. Our pastor, Dr. Tim Hobbs, is preaching on a sermon series, Life on the Next Level, Biblical Faith. The scripture reading for this morning's sermon is based on 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Our choir this morning will be singing an arrangement of Be Strong in the Lord, and our pianist, Jika Crafton, will be playing an offertory medley of How Firm a Foundation. Later in the service, we will participate in the Lord's Supper. Join us now as we worship God together.
Speak to us, O God. We have come here today to hear and to respond to your word. And so we pray that you would convince us of our own sinfulness as well as of your forgiving grace. Rebuke our pride and our selfishness and replace them with humility and with love. Encourage our hesitant faith and increase our confidence in your eternal truth, 
We pray that we would make this hour a time and a call to such a commitment that each of us may go forth from this place equipped for every good work because we have heard and we have responded to your word. Allow us, O God, this day to breathe in your holy presence. For your glory and for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Come on up here, I won't bite. <laughs> Comments from the peanut gallery are not necessary. <laughs> Good morning. How are you all today? Good. Okay. Well, let's start off with a Bible verse from John chapter 3, verse 2. Dearly beloved, we are God's children now. See, we can apply that to everybody, can't we? 
Now, I want to share a picture book with you. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have any candy for you. I have eye candy for you. So if you want to follow along with the picture book, that's fine. And uh, everybody else can look above and all points beyond wherever video cameras may be. This is a, a friend of mine who made this book. Everyone has a life to live, an American portrait by Jerry Gay. Isn't that neat? Not very many words to this book. Let's not take ourselves or our friends too seriously. Got pictures of clowns. Isn't that funny? We should, however, take our friendships seriously. When we are children, we learn how to fly. And to believe in our dreams. Look at this little boy. What do you think he's going to be? A big cowboy. Yes. Don't ever forget about your dreams. What about this little, little boy right here? Got a first place for a cow. And a lemonade stand. Isn't that pretty? When we are children, we learn we are all the same. Are we all the same? Sure we are. And yet, we are different. Now, as far as we children, we can all be the same, but yet we can be different. So keep that in mind. We are all children of God. Thank you very much. You can go. I know I don't have any candy. I'm
Let us play. Dear God, as we come before you to collectively affirm your worth, thank you for this opportunity to participate in that effort by giving back to you a portion of what you have given to us. You have been so marvelous, so wonderful. And as we reflect upon this new year that you have given us, full of promise and hope, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Be strong in the Lord. What a wonderful message of faith for us today. And you may have noticed that uh, our choir and our uh, our song, our uh, hymn leading today is under a different leadership. Herb is leading us today. And the reason why is that Larry is out of town. Larry's son, Sean, had surgery a couple of days ago and uh, he's doing well. But Larry is spending some time with his son while he's still in the hospital and should be home in a, in a day or two. So we thank uh, thank Herb for filling in for Larry. Doing a great job, Herb. He does everything. Our scripture reading for today comes from 2 Timothy, verse, uh, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient and equipped for every good work. This is the word of God for you and for me. Last week, we began a new series called Life on the Next Level, which made the point that if you want to live the abundant life that Jesus promises to us, it takes a little bit of effort on our part, but the rewards are absolutely worth it. And throughout this series, I want to touch on several specific areas of our life that this next level philosophy impacts. And they're all connected and impact each other. As a matter of fact, Timmy, if you can put that graphic up on the screen there. Thank you. There it is. Uh, today, you, you'll see this graphic here. Uh, we are on the inside and we're going to talk about the innermost circle of our lives for our lives today, which is the circle of faith. And there are a lot of things that you can put in that inner circle. And some people do put different things in there. But if you want to live your life according to God's way, then you have to have in this inner circle the foundation of faith. Because once you get that part of your life straightened out, then you can move on to the next area, which we'll talk about next week, which is the area of our finances, our money, which living a generous life. And then that leads to our relationships, which we'll talk about in two weeks. And then finally, we'll talk about the issue of freedom. Because a lot of people in our society want to be free, but they don't know what real freedom is all about. And the reason why they don't know what real freedom is all about is because all of these other things are out of balance. So we're going to get started today by talking about this inner circle of faith. Now, how do we think about faith? Well, some people think about faith in terms of belief. And that's certainly a part of it. I think that I think that faith is much more than simply belief. However, I do believe that that faith is the our belief is the starting point to our life of faith. And so if faith involves belief, then what are we basing our beliefs on? I read not long ago that there are three things that most people base their beliefs on. One of those things is advice, just everyday, ordinary sort of advice. It's good for a while. It's good for today. It's good for a short period of time. But it's usually not lasting. 
And then on a deeper level of belief is, is based on the issue of knowledge. And I would say that knowledge is probably the primary source of most people's beliefs in our society today. We base many of our beliefs on what we've heard in school and what we've read in our textbooks and what seems to be the prevailing system of thought in our generation. So we have advice that changes from week to week and we have knowledge which also changes, not quite as quickly as advice, but knowledge also changes from generation to generation. Because the knowledge that we have today is certainly not the same knowledge that we had in the Middle Ages when people believed that the earth was flat and the sun revolved around the earth. Nor is it even the same knowledge that we had a generation ago when the laws of physics were all based on the classical atomic structure. But now quantum physics has opened up a whole new way of thinking and it explains things that were unexplainable with the old way of thinking. But if you really want to have a solid foundation for your beliefs, then you need to base your beliefs on wisdom. You have advice, you have knowledge, and then you have wisdom. Because, folks, wisdom is eternal. Knowledge lasts for about a generation and advice comes and goes with the wind, but wisdom is eternal. And for a Christian, I believe that the main source of our wisdom is the Bible, because the Bible teaches us about the ways of God and gives us the principles that we need to live our lives. Now, what we need to understand about the Bible is that the Bible is more than just one book. As a matter of fact, the Bible is a collection of 66 different books. The Bible was written over a period of about 1,600 years, and it was written by at least 40 different authors, probably more, in three different languages, in Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic. The Bible is a book that touches on hundreds of different subjects, And yet there is one consistent theme that runs all throughout the Bible from Genesis all the way through Revelation, and that is the theme of God's redemption. I want you to think about that for a minute. Sixteen hundred years, 40 different authors, one unifying theme, God's redemption of mankind. And the thing that we all need to know about the Bible is that it is the ultimate source of wisdom for our lives. Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teaching and obeys me is wise. So let's be sure to have this as the inner circle of our of our lives, a faith that is based on the wisdom of God. Just pretend for a second that God comes up to you and says, I'll give you anything that you want. You just ask for it and I'll give it to you. What would you ask for? What would you ask for? Would you ask for a lot of money? Would you ask for stability or a certain relationship? I'm not sure what you would ask for, but this scenario played itself out in 1 Kings chapter 3 in the story of King Solomon. You may remember that story. This is what it says. It says, the Lord appeared to Solomon in his dream and said, what do you want? Ask and I'll give it to you. 
And Solomon replied, give me an understanding so that I may govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. Well, the Lord was pleased with Solomon's reply and was glad that he had asked for wisdom. You see, this is what pleases God. This is what a successful life is all about. It's about building the foundation of our faith on wisdom. And the source of that wisdom is found in the Bible. Now, let's talk for a little bit about how to get wisdom from the Bible. For you see, the Bible itself says that it's the source of wisdom. In the passage of Scripture that we read a few moments ago from 2 Timothy, we're told that the whole Bible is given to us by inspiration from God, and it's useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong. When we fall back into living our lives just by advice or just by knowledge, that will not last. But wisdom will straighten us out. It will show us a better way to live, and it will help us to to live in this better way. The Bible prepares us, it equips us to do good to everyone. God's Word even empowers us. So you see, the Bible not only gives us the wisdom that we need, but it also gives, gives us the power to put that wisdom into action. Because you see, when we are connected with God's Word, then we can get God's power and God's encouragement to obey God's Word and to put that wisdom into action as we live our lives. And so with that in mind, let me suggest some ways that we can study God's Word and and gain wisdom from it. First of all, let us hear God's Word. Listen to God's Word. Let it reverberate inside of our minds. I mean, God has given us ears. We are auditory type creatures. We listen, we hear, and that's an important part of of who we are. And so we need to hear God's word. Now, the original hearers of God's word didn't have much of a choice because most of them actually didn't have a Bible like you and I have today. Most of them probably wouldn't know what to do if they did have one because most of the people back in those days were illiterate. But instead, there was an oral tradition and the wisdom of God was passed down from generation to generation through telling stories. It was only later that most of the Bible was written down and collected in the form that we have today. So they were auditory learners. And the Bible says a lot about hearing God's word because that's the way it worked back then. Most people were listeners Romans 2.17 says, faith comes from the hearing of God's Word. So where do you get this faith? You get it from the Word of God. And you do that by hearing it. But in our day and time, we're also auditory creatures, aren't we? We're auditory learners. Our whole educational system has taught us how to listen, how to take notes, and how to hear things that are important to us. We're auditory learners. Our educational system, our entertainment system is the same way. For example, how many of you have an iPod or an MP3 player? Okay, for some of you older folks, how many of you have a Walkman? 
How about an eight track tape? <laughs> you ever thought about how much stuff you listen to every day? I, when I'm driving my car, I almost always have my radio on or a CD in there, and, and, and there's always noise going on. We got the television going on. Sometimes we're just, just kind of background noise, but we listen to all sorts of things every day. Well, think about this. What would it be like if we replaced some of the things that we're listening to with God's Word? You could become an individual hearer of God's Word. You know, you can get the Bible these days on tape and on CD, and so you can listen to it in your car and at home. Every week, we upload our Sunday services on our, onto our website, and folks who can't attend here in person can go onto our website at communitybaptistchurch.org and listen to what we're doing here today. And some folks download our worship service into their iPods and they listen to it as they walk down the street or as they drive in their car or they clean their house. Isn't technology wonderful? But let me say this. Listening to the message or listening to the word of God is a very important thing to do. But it's not meant to be a replacement for us coming together here like we are today. Because God and all of God's wisdom encourages us to come together so that we can also corporately hear the word of God as God's people. And so with that in mind, as we are gathered here together on Sunday, on this Sunday morning, let's hear the word of God from Hebrews 2.1. It says, we pay careful attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. So how do you pay careful attention to what you've heard? Well, I'm going to get very practical here. I'm not, this is not a, a, a real theological deep sermon here. I want to be real practical today. How do you pay careful attention to what you've heard? Well, I think one of the ways to do that is take notes, you know. Take notes on what you hear. Make some notes on your worship folder. You know, there's room in there. Uh, write in the margins of your Bible if you want to. Interact with the things that you're hearing. Circle words. Underline phrases. Pay careful attention to what you've heard so that you will not drift away. That's what Hebrews tells us. There are other ways that you're going to hear God's word as well. Some of you have memorized a lot of Scripture. Uh, this used to be something that we taught our young people to do a lot. I don't think we emphasize it much anymore, but uh, maybe we should. And I'll confess to you, I'm not very good at it. I'm, I'll get the gist of what a passage is saying, but I'm not very good at memorizing scriptures word for word. But but sometimes you may not have your iPod or your your CD or your sermon notes or or whatever to hear God's word. And sometimes it's helpful to commit passages of scripture to our memory. So the first thing we need to do is to hear God's word. Secondly, we need to read God's word. And this this goes a little deeper. Now you're not just hearing it. You're also reading it for yourself. You know, there are a lot of Christians who sing the songs like we have sung today and who quickly read a passage of Scripture, whatever is being preached on that day or whatever you're calling attention, called attention to, to, and nod their head on some of the stuff we're talking about today. But they've never really read the Bible from cover to cover. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference to put all of God's Word 
in the context in which it was written. You know, I've always said that anyone can prove just about anything from the Bible if you resort to proof texting, taking things out of context. And so we need to be sure that we put God's word in its proper context. And one way for us to do that is to read it. So let me ask you, what would your life be like if you made a decision today over these next 365 days to read the Bible? I think it would make us all a better person. I think it would deepen our faith. I think it would help us to grow and to change our perspective. I think it would make us happier. If you don't believe me, just look at what Jesus himself said. He said, happy is the one who reads this book. Now, I'll be honest with you here. Some preachers wouldn't be honest with you here, but I'm going to be honest with you here. I took that out of context. <laughs> I'm doing a little proof texting there myself because because when he says this, he's obviously speaking specifically of the book of Revelation. It's in the first chapter of Revelation. It's John's vision of Christ. And he said, blessed is the person who who reads the, the words of the prophet here. But I think that we can expand that sentiment to include the whole Bible. Don't you think? Come on, go, go with me here. OK. He says, happy is the one who reads this book and obeys what is written in it. Folks, we need to read the Bible so that we can have a better connection with God and so that God can have a hand in directing our lives. And I love that word that Jesus uses here. He uses the word happy or blessed or joyful. And so Jesus says that if you want to be full of joy, if you want to be blessed, then you can find that by reading God's Word and following God's wisdom. Now, does that mean that, that people who read God's Word have less troubles than anybody else? No. Does it mean that the storms of life don't come as often as with other people? No. Just like anybody else, good things are going to happen to you and bad things are going to happen to you. But when you are building your life on the foundation of God's wisdom, it's going to change how you respond to what's happening to you. And that means that when you are built on the foundation of God's wisdom, you're not going to give in to the defeatism and the worry and the fear and all that other garbage that comes when circumstances don't go our way. Because we have a deeper connection with God. And we can be happy even in the midst of our troubles. And let me ask you something. How often do you face troubles in your life? How often? Well, sometimes they're major troubles and sometimes they are minor troubles. But rare is the day when you face no no troubles at all. Am I right? We all have something going on almost every day of our lives. And so with that in mind, I want to suggest something to you. Read the Bible every day. Because it will help you every day. You ever read the Bible from cover to cover? How's your Bible literacy? What do you know about the Bible? Jay Leno went out into his audience one night asking people what they knew about the Bible. Name one of the Ten Commandments, he asked. 
A lot of silence. And then finally somebody piped up and said, God helps those who help themselves. Which is not one of the Ten Commandments, and it's not even in the Bible. Name one of the apostles. No one could. Not a single one. And finally he asked, name the Beatles. And without hesitation, almost in unison, the whole crowd said, George, Paul, John, and Ringo. According to a recent Gallup poll, only about two out of ten people could correctly identify the person who delivered the Sermon on the Mount. Most people could only name three or four of the Ten Commandments, which puts them ahead of, of Leno's audience. You want to know what's in the Bible? Well, here's my challenge to you. Read it. I want to challenge you over this next year to read the Bible with me from cover to cover. I've already started doing that on January the 1st. That was I don't do resolutions very well, but this is one that I'm resolved to do. I'm going to do this. I started it on January 1st. I know that some of you have already started that too. And I want to challenge you to join me this year in reading the Bible all the way through. You may have done it in the past. Maybe you've never done it before. But I want to challenge you to read it with me this year. I want you to take your worship folder a minute. Look at the back of your worship folder. You'll see here on the back of your worship folder that we're making it easy for you. We are providing you with the scriptures that you need to use every day to read the Bible from cover to cover in one year. We're going to have these scriptures on the worship folder every week. We're going to have it also in our weekly email newsletter that goes out on Thursday. Or what I've done, you can see it also on your, on your worship folder there. There's a website you can go to. It's www.bibleinayear.org. And I just signed up to receive an email each day with that day's scripture to read. And it comes to me every day and I read it sitting there at my computer. Nothing could be easier. It only takes about 10 or 15 minutes. So let me challenge you to do, with, do this with me this year. And if you haven't already started, it's, it's not too late. We're not even through the book of Genesis yet. So and it's a little book anyway. And I think if we, if we do this, we'll, we'll grow in our faith. And it'll change how we relate to others and change all the areas of our lives. As we read God's word and glean God's wisdom. So we need to hear God's word and we need to read God's word I think we also need to study God's Word. Study specific passages. When you read it daily, you're kind of getting a broad perspective. You, you hear it broadly. And then we need to study it specifically. Maybe there are some things that we need to drill down on. and Maybe there's some issue in your life that you need to deal with specifically. Maybe there are some theological gaps. Or maybe you, in your reading you come across something and... You don't understand it or it's hard to swallow. And that's when we study it in more detail. Put it within its context. Because in order for us to hear what God has to say to us, we need to first understand what God had to say to those first, who first heard it. And one more thing I think we need to do. And this is probably the most important thing. We need to live it. 
We need to hear it. We need to read it. We need to study it. And we need to live it. Live out what you know. And this is so critical to our lives as Christian disciples. Because it's critical that we understand that the ultimate yardstick of our Christian lives is not how much we know, but how much we are growing and doing in our Christian lives. Because you see, maturity is not found in knowledge alone. As a matter of fact, a person who does not know a lot about the Bible, but applies what they do know to their life, is more mature in God's eyes than the person who knows hundreds and hundreds of passages in in the Scriptures, but never lives them out. So ultimately, our aim is to live out God's Word. James 1 talks about this. It says, be doers of the Word and not hearers only, because doers will be blessed. There's that word again. Doers will be blessed, happy, joyful, In their doing. Folks, when we live out our faith, it means that our faith touches on every other aspect of our lives. And that's why we put faith in the inner circle of that graphic that we showed you earlier. We start there and it kind of resonates outward to everything else that we do. In my article in the worship folder this this morning, I quoted Michael McCullough who says life is faith and faith is life. In other words, our faith is not something to be compartmentalized and brought out on Sunday mornings and then put away for the rest of the week. No. Our faith, based on the wisdom of God, is to touch and impact every other thing that we do. Every decision that we make, every action we take, every relationship we have, every dollar we spend, our faith is involved with everything we do. And that's what I'm talking about in living out what we believe. Because you see, God says when we seek wisdom, when we go after wisdom with all of our hearts, that's the path to understanding everything else in our lives. And that's why life on the next level begins with a faith that's based on the foundation of God's wisdom. And it's something for us to desire and to seek after with all of our hearts. A little while ago, our our praise band sang the song, Breathe. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. We know when we do all of this stuff, And you let God's word saturate you. It becomes like the air that we breathe, doesn't it? When I was in college, I was a religion and philosophy major. In one of the philosophy courses, we studied a story about a young man who came up to Socrates. And Socrates kind of uh, sized him up as being an egotistical young man and and he said to the fellow, young man, what do you want? And the young man said, oh, great Socrates, I seek wisdom. And so Socrates says, well, follow me. 
So he took him down to the river and they waded out about into the water about waist deep. And according to history, Socrates was a pretty big guy. And so he reached over and grabbed this man up by the neck, this young fellow by the neck, and he pushed him under the water and he held him there for about 30 seconds. And then he pulled him up and he said, young man, what do you want? He said, oh, great Socrates, I seek wisdom. And so once again, Socrates grabbed him by the neck and he pushed him under the water. And this time he held him under the water for 45 or 50 seconds. And then he pulled him back up. And he said, young man, what do you want? And he said, I want wisdom. And so once again, Socrates held him down under the water and he pulled him there and held him for 50, 60 65, almost 70 seconds, and he pulled him up, and finally the guy was about to drown. He's gasping for air, and he says, young man, what do you want? And the young man says, I want to breathe. And Socrates said, when you want wisdom as much as you want to breathe, come back to see me. You see, my friends, we have to seek after wisdom. We have to want it. And this is the basic foundation for a happy, successful, fulfilled, abundant, godly life on the next level. And my prayer is that we will be willing to do whatever it takes to find God's wisdom and to find it fully in God's Word. Amen. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper, the ordinance of the Lord's Supper together now. And this is a great time as we fellowship with God and as we fellowship with one another, as we gather around God's table. And as we commemorate one of the most important aspects of this theme that runs throughout the entire body uh, Bible, the theme of God's redemption. Because, you see, God sent God's Son into this world so that we might be redeemed. So that we may have this abundant life and this eternal life that is promised to us. And in the course of things, God's Son was crucified for us. So that our sins may be forgiven and so that we may relate to God on the way that God wants us to relate. What we do here in the Lord's Supper and communion is we remember the Lord's death. We remember what He did. And we remember the great love that God has for us. That God would send a beloved Son. That whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We have... A couple of ways that we will do uh, communion today. Uh, if I know that some of you like the, to take the little wafers and the cups, and if you would like to participate in the Lord's Supper and take the wafers and cups, then we invite you to come forward, and they will be over here to my left and, and your right. Here standing in the middle, we will have the loaf of bread and the, and the chalice. We'd, like, we'd ask if you would to come by and take a pinch of bread off of the loaf and then move to the side to the chalice and dip the bread into the chalice. We'd like to ask if you would begin on the back pews or back rows and come forward and then move back this way. If we could have our 
deacons, our helpers, to come forward, please. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and after giving thanks, he said, this is my blood, the blood of a new covenant spilled for you. Take and eat this bread and drink this cup. For as long as you do this, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again. This is why we do the Lord's Supper. That's, this is why we commune together around the table of God. We do so to remember what Christ has done for us in giving his life for us. We remember the Lord's death until he comes again. And so as we come, as we take the bread, as we take the, the cup, let us remember this story of redemption that runs throughout the entire Bible. Let us remember what God has done for us and the great, wonderful love that God has for each of us, that God would send his son. Would you come and share together the bread and the cup, the blood and the body of Christ?
we've spoken about joy a lot today. Joy in the Word of God. And I take much joy also in sharing this time with you. A time that's very special as we commemorate what Christ has done for us. It's joyful to gather around the table of the Lord and to realize exactly the blessings that God has for each of us. And I hope you feel that joy in your lives as well. We're going to sing a hymn of response right now, a very appropriate hymn, number 263, Break Thou the Bread of Life. There may be someone here who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ today, someone who needs to make a commitment to the wisdom that God gives to us through God's Word. We invite you to make that commitment today. Or perhaps you're looking for a church to be a part of and you want to join our church here. We invite you to do that. We invite you to come as we sing together, Break Thou the Bread of Life. Would you come? as we have broken the bread of life today and if we have read your word and heard your word proclaimed today we go from this place breathing in your presence in our lives and saturating ourselves with who you are and the wisdom that you offer to us send us O God from this place equipped to do your good works to everyone that we come in contact with send us our way O God filled with your Holy Spirit, who directs our lives and who we commit to follow today. Send us, O God, in the joy that we have in knowing you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.